All right, welcome to today's Mainly Football podcast. We've got a lot to get into today. I'm Ben, here with my man Jordan. Uh, we're going to go over the Patriots' big loss last night. Uh, moral victory or not, we'll talk about it. Then we got the Celtics to get to. Lots happened since we talked last. A series is at 2-1. We'll get into briefly the U.S. Open this week, which uh, hopefully you got a chance to watch, but it was on a great TV window there during the middle of football. Um, so let's get into it. Patriots had a great showing last night. It was a back and forth game. Uh, I was prepared for most of the fourth quarter to be talking about uh, a big loss, but they made a comeback at the end. Uh, came down to the last play. I guess we'll get ready to it. The play call. What, Dude, what first, do you think of the play call? Oh, first of all, that might've been the most understated, uh, reply for this weekend's sports because this was an amazing weekend of sports yeah I mean yesterday I was just sitting down and I was like I think we're back like I think the sports world is basically back it's new it's different obviously but it's back and now we we got to watch the U.S. Open yesterday Uh, you got to watch a villain win his first major and then obviously we get to watch our Pats uh, almost get it done against the Seahawks it I think play call, I think play call was good. I think, you know, the, the commentators mentioned this. They didn't stop that. They didn't stop Cam on the goal line all game. And then uh, uh, just amazing defense at the end. And, you know, hard-fought game. That It seems like the Seahawks games always come down to that for us. Yeah. I mean, the first, first reaction after uh, Cam gets stopped is like, oh, why didn't we pass or do the play action uh, to – uh, Jacob Johnson that they did before but you know that was the wrinkle before and then this one was just we're gonna run right at you Cam it was the best play like Belichick said I don't have any problems with it Seahawks they stopped them but they were that close to blowing it um, yeah you can you can you can say that we could you know you can only go to the well so many times and that uh, like you said that pass to Johnson was that was kind of a one a one time deal. They could have ran another trick play, but you know what? We would have been sitting here and we would have been so mad that they ran a trick play when they hadn't stopped Cam on the goal line all the game. So uh, you you got to get it done doing it the way you've been doing it. That works, and and we, it's a loss. But how big of a loss is it? Is it you know? Because it, it didn't feel like a huge loss to me. I I, I almost expected them to lose, and so I kind of was just watching in awe as Cam. Uh, drove down the field uh, seemingly at will on, on the last two drives. This was 2015 Cam Newton MVP year. Like he, he was making all the throws. Like there is no question his shoulder is fine. Um, I think they said that the deep pass to Edelman was the longest uh, pass in the air, the next gen stats, like 54.4 yards that the Patriots as a team have had in like years. So he's already done something Tom Brady has not been able to do. Uh, in his second game, um, not knocking Tom Brady, but just showing that Cam, he can pass the ball. Um, he showed it last night. It was a completely different game plan. Um, they were passing the ball all over the place. I think they only had about 20 runs, and uh, Cam ended up almost 400 yards passing. I saw a stat, actually. He had 446 out of their, like, 460 yards of offense was either runs from Cam or or passing yards from him. So it, he, he stole the show last night, and he almost – almost made us forget about how bad the secondary was against Russell Wilson. Well, and it was – it's hard. 
you know, as a Patriots fan, it's hard to watch that game and to, you know, sit there and think, well, I don't know if Tom Brady could have done this last year. And and sure, like Tom didn't have the pieces um, last year. Like we, uh, he didn't have Gronk and you know some of his go-to guys. It seemed like Belichick was kind of uh, not giving him a lot to work with. But I feel like Cam has the same pieces to work with this year. And I think we're just kind of seeing uh, just pure athleticism and then also cam was intelligent last night like he made a lot he he, he had a, got a lot of good reads um he, he read the blitz uh, multiple times and and was able to adapt his run off of that and also staying in the pocket off of that so um i mean it, it, we've always we, we you know we watch this guy for the panthers we know he's an athlete but to, you know he's a star quarterback man he's top right now he's playing like top three quarterback in the league and i know that you know, Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson are, you know, at the peak of their careers, but Cam's right up there. Yeah, he's the I. If you just take a look at this year, I mean, he's 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 in that conversation. Um, one thing you're seeing that's totally different too is he's getting these re receivers involved that, unfortunately, Tom Brady couldn't get a connection with. You know, something bad would happen with a receiver, uh, maybe on the interception that Cam threw to Demir Bird. Uh, Brady would have just stopped throwing him the rest of the game. But Cam went back to him, and he had – I think he ended up with over five catches on the night. Um, Nikhil Harry, we can go talk about his performance a little bit. I mean, he's – the guy is not showing the yards after catch ability that I'd like to see. He's uh, he's going down like he's got a flag attached to his hip, and he just stops as soon as he gets any contact at all. But Cam keeps going back to him and building his confidence up. You know, we're going to need that as the season goes on. So that's something you didn't see with Brady where we're getting these guys involved uh, and Cam, Cam is showing trust in them. Well, and I think Harry, um, I think Harry's shown though that he has good hands. I mean, he's probably got the best hands on the team and the most ability to make a play happen, but you're right. Uh, yards after catch and, and avoiding contact. He definitely seems like he's still a little, I mean, those guys must look like trains coming after you after you catch the ball in the middle of the field. And that, we, that was such a dirty hit by Diggs. Oh my gosh! To start the game, you know, and it whole career. So that actually puts something in a little bit of perspective. Edelman drops a lot of passes, but you know he's the smallest guy on the field every single time, and and he gets lit up in the middle of the field every game. So uh, not to understate what the game Edelman had last night either. He had a few drops, but uh, most most yards in a game for his career. Yeah, and a lot of people are kind of giving him a hard time about the, the if you want to call it, went through his hands on the second to last play of the game. Or no, the third to last play of the game. Um, I did not like that sequence from the Patriots. I, they completed the pass. It was like 30 seconds on the clock. And by the time they ran a play again, it is nine seconds left. It, you call the timeout. You, got, you could have four or five chances from the 15-yard from the line. I don't, I don't understand what was happening right there. It kind of felt like, the Super Bowl, but the opposite, where Belichick made a mistake with the play clock, uh, with the time clock, and they could have got several more plays out of that. I did not like that, but uh, the ball went through Edelman's hands, and a lot of people were saying, oh, the drop, but he was exhausted after that play, and they ran it quick, no timeout. Maybe even if they spiked it, that would have been a better option because they could have kept the time, the timeout. Um, wasn't a great sequence. Um, a lot of things could have gone better. But overall, like you said, 
I'm feeling good. I feel like I hate to say it's a moral victory, but that game showed that this team is going to cause problems for the league this year. Well, and to go back a little bit, <clears throat> you mentioned that they, you know, they they may have wasted a timeout uh, on that, but but on that last drive, but uh, to to go down to the last you know minute and have all of your timeouts left. Uh, Belichick obviously managed the game well enough and, and the drive before that to keep his timeouts. So really, you know, I was, I think, um, I think many, I think I wasn't shocked actually. I felt just, just feeling the game out and the way the game was going, it seemed like it was going to come down to the last drive. Like it seemed like, it seemed like the Seahawks couldn't stop Russell. I mean, Seahawks couldn't stop Cam and it seemed like the Pats couldn't stop Russell. So what, a, I mean, what a shootout dude from two, quarterbacks in the league right now yeah and it, it, there was a moment there where it felt like the Patriots were just never going to stop Russell Wilson I mean just throw up a deep ball and the guy is going to catch it no matter what DK Metcalf had a great night over Stefan Gilmore he made Dude. Gilmore look like a, a, a middle schooler trying to cover him did you watch the, vi the videos before of, of him going through warm-ups Metcalf yeah he's like two feet <laughs> above the crossbar catching the ball Dude, he could be in the slam dunk contest this year, <laughs> next year. I mean, he, you know, he is, um, I, I, th I think we're just seeing the beginning of what he's going to be, you know, uh, OBJ, he's, he's going to be right up there with, with some of the best receivers and the, and the, the plays that you see him make. He's, he seems like a playmaker. And obviously he's not afraid to, you know, get in scuffles. And so he plays hard the, the the battles that him and Gilmore were having all game, you know, even without him being involved in the play. Um, yeah. I mean, he came out Gilmore. on top on that. Metcalf came out on top of that matchup. The, the announcer jinx hit Gilmore hard when they're talking about how, Oh, Belichick, you know, paid him. He doesn't pay anybody. And uh, the one play later, he gets torched on that long pass. Yeah, that's something to think about. Though in the past, the Pats have had to had to put two guys on a player like that. You know, this. To, to be fair, like Gilmore had his work cut out for him. He had to. He was. It, you know, it was single coverage all game for him. Yeah, I think the game plan was okay. I think Russell Wilson is just. I mean, he's he's elite. He's an elite player. They went man to man. They tried zone at first, and they switched to man to man. They couldn't get a pass rush. Uh, the linebackers were trying to spy. Russ out of the backfield and he, you know Russell made Bentley look terrible they juking him a couple of times so it was a tough tough game plan but in the end the Patriots had a chance to win the game they actually had multiple chances to win that game they forced a stop on the Seahawks when it was 28-23 and then Patriots drove down the field I think they got to almost midfield after being pinned inside their 10 and then I don't know what that play was where it was like an option play the cam the pitch the pitch. In the pitch. It was a terrible pitch. I didn't like that play uh, call on, on third it, down. It just wasn't terrible, executed well. Terrible play call, especially when he, he was yeah. throwing the ball so well. I, mean, yeah. that, I think at that point he was about 14 for 22 in passing. And it, that was, yeah, that, that play really – so you look back at this game, and it, like you said, it looks like they had three opportunities to win. It, it, it felt like the Patriots had to play perfect to beat the Seahawks. But I think if they had played perfect – you know, if if uh, if they had got that third down and some other things went their way, uh, it seems like they would have beat them by a touchdown or more, because yeah, I th and I think that's that's what the Patriots have potential wise. And you, look, Russ is going to put up some points against you anyway. I mean, 
the guy, it's like, it's, he has, he's, in my opinion, he is the best quarterback in the league. And I know that uh, a lot of people would disagree with that. Uh, my cousin was over last night watching the game and he was like, who would you rather take right, right now, Brady or, or Russ? And I don't, I'm like, that's not even a contest. Russ is Brady or you mean Newton? No, Brady. And I was like, oh man, like, come on. I'm like, you are, I'm like, look, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I love Brady, but that is way too, you know, you're in la la land. If you think that Brady's as good as Russ right now, I mean, no. And then I mean, Russ Wilson's does, is a, well, Russ does. Other, I was listening to a podcast. Um, I think it was subpar. Or I, I don't know what it was, but they were, they were talking, they were interviewing a, um, a sports psychologist and, and he, he was saying that Russ is one of the only quarterbacks in the league who actually uh, does visualization techniques. And he actually meets with like a sports psychologist. You would think all these guys would have that, but Russ is, Russ is, uh, he's on a different level. He's, he, he, he has that genetic, I mean, that gene that's like Brady who he's just completely engulfed in being great. And you can see it, man, that he's, in, he, you know, he's a stud. It does shock me every time I hear the stat that he's never even gotten one single MVP vote. I don't even know how that's possible. I mean, this year, hope, you know, hopefully something changes. Maybe he'll get one this year. But the question I heard, too, something was saying is, if you switched Mahomes and Wilson's situations right now, you know, what would we be saying about Russell Wilson? Uh, with Travis Kelsey to throw to and Tyree Kill? So he doesn't get the respect he deserves. Last night, he... He just tore up a good defense. I don't think anyone thinks the Patriots' defense is bad. You know, we're, we're having a conversation about their secondary being the best in the league, and he just completely rendered them helpless. Well, and I think that's why – I think there's something to be said that I think Belichick for, for a while now has wanted a player like Jackson, like Cam, like, like mm. Russ, who has the option of running because – when those when those uh, uh, when those safeties sit back, uh, it's it's it almost seems like uh, it's a guarantee that they're going to get a first down, you know, and and so yeah, I mean it's that's it's, something I really liked about the game plan last night. Is last week was all run right, and then this week it's like okay, you want to stack the box on us? Well, Cam Newton can pass for four hundred yards too, and they showed that they can put up points uh, either way. So. Now that there's, there's film out there on Cam doing both, that's going to set up hopefully a lot more options in, in the coming weeks. So I think the Patriots are in a great spot. Even though they lost, it would have been nice to win. The Bills are now 2-0 and in first place. But uh, it's going to be, be very interesting. Well, it's, it's a little early to say this, but do you think we play a harder game this season? Oh, the team – I mean, things just look different. I mean, the guys are responding to, responding to Cam – running hard. Uh, it'd be nice when Damian Harris finally gets on the field, but even Sony, you know, he's looking, you know, pretty good. I think they went away from him a little too quickly last night. I know they got down in the second half, but he only got seven carries. I would like to see a little bit more of that, but yeah, the, the guys are playing hard under, under cam and they're responding. Well, here's something too, that to be said uh, is that, you know, especially for our, not our like second year receivers, but um, they were saying um, that under Brady, uh, the, the playbook was getting so complicated by the end of um, Brady's mm -hmm. career with uh, Josh McDaniels. And this year, the playbook, they, he basically is making it as, as simple as it's been in 20 years for the Patriots. So 
so for receivers, you know, it's like there's a lot less to figure out. Like, but in the past, you know, like a guy like Hogan who couldn't get open by himself, apparently the you know the complicated playbook got him open for for things. But uh, but now it seems like it does seem simple. It seems like Cam's doing a lot of what Tom did like last game with the the quick um, the quick uh, passes in the backfield and then or and also little chuck down passes. But he also did things that Brady has never done, which is get Edelman long. You know, so. Well, that kind of leads me into a couple of things I'm worried about. Um, definitely worried about, yeah, the deep balls of the for the wide receivers. If if, if Jules is our our deep threat right now, you know that's got to change. And he got beat up last night. I know he had a great game, but I mean he landed like directly on his neck like twice. I mean he's mm. gonna have he's gonna be waking up pretty sore. I would imagine uh, Monday morning. Um, I don't like that. And the kicking situation continues to be just horrible. I, okay. You could say the game was decided on that. Folk missed a field goal. I know it was a 50-yarder, but they have no confidence in the kicking game, and it obviously cost them last night. Uh, you could see the disgust on Belichick's face after he missed that, too. <laughs> it was like just something he's not used to, really, is is having bad special teams. And, and uh, I mean, the it's a big were good, but – it's a big miss on, on his part because he says that was three phases of the game, you know, offense, defense, and special teams. And special teams is a joke right now. And no confidence right now to get the points they need. So that's worrisome. Talk a little bit about uh, Nikhil, uh, his situation. So there's definitely things that need to be worked on for sure. Dude, how do you, you know, if, if he's notorious for picking up undrafted players, like, how is there not a guy? I, I mean, I feel like I should go out and start kicking 20-yard field, 50-yard field goals for, like, a month and and then try to go for a Patriots tryout. How is there not a guy, a, a soccer player, a guy in the world who can kick a 50-yard field goal? Uh, apparently, it's, it's a, it's a unreal. skill set that is rarer than we realize. It's it seems like once you act, know how to do it, you should know how to do it for the rest of your life. It's like putting a five-footer, you know, or a four-footer. Well, I think one of the big things automatic. One of the big things we've seen is the extra point distance. Because it's not a gimme anymore, when those guys miss one, it gets in their head the rest of the game. Uh, before, when you had this, the gimme, the chip shot, it kind of got them into a groove, I think. And now no kick is guaranteed, which I like it that way. It's made special teams even more valuable in teams that have good kickers like Justin Tucker, the Ravens, uh, Butker for Kansas City. These guys have way more value now, and it's exposing teams that don't have the greatest kicking situations, and that is the Patriots right now. So I know it's, a, relatively speaking, not a huge concern on, on, on the radar, but if they're going to be playing close games all season like this, they need to get this fixed. It, can we just uh, can we just go out this afternoon and you be my uh, placeholder and I'll, I'll kick some I'm gonna start kicking some field goals, man. I think I can make. No, it no. I was always that. I was always that kid that was scared to like hold the tee or hold the ball to like they'll kick my finger or something. I got no way. I can't do that. <laughs> so a couple well, of quick things to talk about observations. Uh, I, I'm really intrigued with Belichick's mask. Uh, he, has, he had a, he had a different – yeah, I mean, he had a different mask this week. Last week he looked like he was going to hang some drywall uh, after the game or, like, he looked like he was in construction. This week, I don't even know what he was wearing. It was, I it definitely wasn't N95. Disappointed with that. It's like they called it the Belichick beak. I saw that on Twitter. 
Yeah, it looks like he was trying. He's going like like for he's gonna try out to be Batman for the next movie or yeah. something. Had a lot of nose exposed at times tonight too. I I was he's gonna get he's gonna get canceled for that on the internet. Yeah, I mean, I, I, and then I think I feel like once he knew he was on camera, he like pulled it back up almost. But <laughs> it was giving he was giving they kept on zooming in on him, and it was giving me vibes of of uh, Wilson from Home Improvement, where he's you know when he's talking over the fence. I don't know if you watch his show. Or you could, yeah. you couldn't see his mouth or his nose. Like that's what <laughs> I just kept thinking of when I saw him. Is hey, at least and with the Pete, white, but Pete wasn't Pete Carroll wasn't even wearing one, so I know. I know he's going to get a strongly worded worded letter from uh, NFLPA, I think. Uh, what about the white uniforms, the new uniforms? I I mean, if you're into that type of thing. No, I actually – I didn't even notice, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was the talk. People were talking, the new uniforms. I like them. I think they look good. Um, well, you're other thing. You'd know. Yeah, what, well, I mean, what, it was a big announcement. When they announced it, I was like, I don't know, who cares? Like, why change a good thing? I kind of felt like, hey, they've won six Super Bowls in these uniforms. Why change? But obviously, it didn't stand out to you as something bad. So it doesn't, you know, that's got to stand for something. Any any tweet, good tweets this week? Any oh stuff on Twitter? Oh, I did see, this is good. Um, let's see. Uh, Donovan Mitchell. I saw a lot of this, actually. He said that he has basically now never rooted for the Patriots, but Cam Newton being on the team has caused him to root for the Patriots. I saw a lot of that where people were cheering for the Patriots because of Cam Newton. He said, this is the first time I've ever cheered for the Pats thanks to Cam Newton. So a lot of that. I saw a lot of uh, Panthers fans chiming in, you know, saying, oh, we're we're supporting you guys. I'm like, this is weird. Yeah. it's supposed to be us against the world. Well, I know, I know Cam's a little bit cocky, but I mean, is this a good, a feel good story if Cam, you know, wins the Super Bowl this year? I mean, is this, you know, somebody who was, couldn't even get a, a spot on a team and now, now he, he looks like he's, I think he doesn't, I mean, it's already a feel good story. I don't think, I think anything he does at this point is, is, you know, gravy, you know, he, People wrote him up. Nobody want Nathan Peterman got signed before Cam Newton did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw a whole list of guys that got jobs before Cam Newton did this year. Well, how so? How that that leads me to say, like, how much of it do you think is just being in this Patriot system under Belichick? Like, and I can't. Every time I watch the Buccaneers, you know, play, uh, and then now I watch the Patriots the last two games. It's just like it seems like so much more value is placed on system and playing and not making mistakes versus uh, you know having elite players, and you know Patriots certainly have elite players. But you look at the Buccaneers; it's like last game they won, but they did a lot of what Tom did with the Pats. Um, mm-hmm. It was a lot of short passes, not making mistakes, as opposed to the first game the Buccaneers played. It looked like you know it looks like they were kind of trying to show off their toys a little bit. You know, yeah. You know, we can move on to the Bucks game. Yeah, because even though the the Bucks won and the Patriots lost, as far as our Belichick versus Brady scoreboard, I kind of feel like Belichick won this week too, because mm-hmm. Tampa Bay didn't really play that much better this week than they did last week. I didn't think so. I mean, if you look at Brady's stats from each game, basically the same. <laughs> what what, yeah, what yeah. did you think? No, I agree. And I think 
Um, I think the you know the penalties continue to add up. The Bucks did a little better this week with penalties, but I, I just think when you um, when you look at it, it's like you know Belichick is is kind of proving. Look, you know, I he, and it kind of seems like that was he always treated every player equal, basically. You know, even though Tom had six rings with him, uh, he treated Tom like he was a player who was disposable. And obviously, you know, as Patriots fans and watching what Tom did for us, um, we didn't view him that way. And he probably wanted a little more respect. But uh, you, there, you see that there's there's some wisdom in that because Belichick's proving, look, I can pick, a te- I can pick up a player who, who no other team's going to pick up and – and, you know, pretty much get it done and have the same year that we're going to have. And he did it with Matt Castle, right? It, do, it does make you wonder, though, what would this team look like if Jared Stidham was playing right now? Would we be seeing the same dynamic offense? Absolutely, absolutely not. No, I mean. No, I mean, I, yeah. But anyways, going back to Brady real quick, listen to these stats from, from week one to week two. Because week one, the narrative was he's done, he's washed up, uh, he got exposed. And then week two, it's like, oh, he's back. Brady had a great game. Okay, first game, 23 for 36, 239 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, 78.4 rating. Yesterday, 23 for 35, almost exactly the same, 217 yards, less yardage, one touchdown, one interception, 80.3 rating. Basically the same exact stat line, and yet the narrative Mm. changes so much just based on win or loss. So like I said, I don't think he played that much better. He looked the same. They they almost blew that game, so – I'm going Belichick two and zero so far on the season as far as this matchup. Yeah, we're gonna and see all the comparisons. And it's kind of what we started to see towards the end of Brady's career with the Patriots is, you know, low quarterback rating. And I don't know how much stock you want to put on, you know, quarterback rating, but um, I don't. No, but at the same time, it we did we you did get the feel last night if Tom was playing for the Patriots that we went up. You know, he has done it, you know, historically with the Pats for over his career, marched down the field the last two minutes. But you got the feel that Tom wouldn't have been able to do what Cam did last night. Yeah, it's almost sacrilege to say, but. I know. know, Newton elevated the team last night. I really felt like he took the same group. We've talked about it already. And he, he almost got them that game. And I don't know if we would have seen that with, with uh with Brady so this is not well, a here's another on thing. Our, you know dog on Brady podcast but it's no. these comparisons are going to be inevitable all season long no and you know it's like I can't live in the past I I'm living in the now with the Patriots and and it's fun to watch them now and you know I want to talk about who's on the team now obviously it doesn't discredit anything in the past so that's stupid for anybody no. who thinks it does but um but one thing I wanted to note, too, is that how calm Cam looked marching down the field. You know, so many quarterbacks, uh, especially especially rookie quarterbacks, which Cam is not, but so many quarterbacks, they when they're in that moment, they look fearful or they look kind of anxious, and they're like, all right, we got to do this. You know, Cam, it looked like he was taking deep breaths. He was kneeling. He was – he looked relaxed. And, and that – how much of – you know, how much of an impact do you think that has on the rest of the team? Oh, yeah. I mean, as a fan, too, I'm sitting there, and I felt confident in this situation. I felt like I did when Brady took the ball over in the same spot. I felt like, okay, they're going to go down the field. They're going to win this game. Mm. And I was getting ready to, to blog the article that they won the game. Yeah. And, you know, it was – you just had that feeling. So just having that measure of confidence 
I can't say we would have felt the same way if uh, someone else was behind center. So it was overall, it's weird that we're talking this way after a loss, but I think that's the difference with this season. My expectations are not what they have been for this team for the past 20 years. I don't think, I don't have myself sitting here thinking undefeated Super Bowl is the only uh, no. options. So you're thinking, you're thinking growth. And, and then also, you know, yeah. Belichick, Belichick historically has been a great, uh, been great before the trade deadline. So, you know, possibly it's a little too early to be talking about that. Um, but if, if he had to make some trades from what you've seen through two games, you know, where would there be some holes that he would start, have to start filling? I, it seems like we're saying the same thing for two years now, but wide receiver. Deep you know, option. If Odell, yeah, if Odell becomes available, I mean, I don't necessarily like the guy, but it seems like him and Cam have a friendship. Odell wants out of, of Cleveland, it seems. Uh, that would be great. And they have plenty of cap, skate, cap space to make it happen. So if we get closer to the trade deadline and this team is showing potential still, I would not be surprised if they, they add a wide receiver. So, <clears throat> so they, they add a receiver instead of a kicker. Which, which do you think would be more influential on a game? Well, I mean, kickers put points on the board too. So exactly. we need that situation needs to be figured out. Another thing I wouldn't be surprised to see is like one of these Belichick type trades where he sends like a sixth rounder for, you know, a middle linebacker on a, on another team. And all of a sudden they become the next Kyle Van Noy. He's done that the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. That's a move that I wouldn't be surprised to see because they do need some help uh, in the linebacking core. Uh, it's, it's just because of the situation, all the opt-outs and, and where they're yeah. at. They do. They they definitely do. They had a hard time getting getting to the quarterback, and they had to actually when they put the safety on the quarterback. That that seemed like um, that seemed seemed like against a quarterback like Russ. You know, you can't do that all the time, but that seemed like the best option because put an athletic guy on a on an athletic quarterback, and you're able to get you know block him out a little bit. But hey, one one area that I think the Patriots have exceeded my expectations at is is the offensive line uh the, i think cam's getting a ton of protection and that's an area in the last couple of years that we've been complaining early in the season that brady is just not getting enough protection well it makes a difference when the when you have cam newton when the, it does break down he can avoid i mean he broke a couple of tackles last night i mean that was the guy is tough to tackle he's a, a large human being so that makes a difference too but yeah the line play has been been fine it's been better than adequate i gotta admit right. i i only watched part of the buccaneers because um a lot of my focus was on dechambeau what he was doing so yeah we got to move on to the yeah US let's open. talk let's talk about this u.s open this year i think a little disappointing that he won by you know as much as he did i wanted to see someone challenge him at the end but um what do you make do you like do you like the villain do you like the guy who probably is, uh, you know? It's very up? interesting. It's very interesting. For, I do want to get a few things out of the way first on this talk. I, we talked about, I think, was it Wednesday afternoon? Um, I have the tweet on our account, at Mainly Football, if you want to follow it. Uh, mm-hmm. Search on Twitter, at, at Main Football. Um, but everyone was saying, what, plus five is going to win, you know, plus three, plus seven. It's going to be the massacre at Wingfoot. But I think we both said, I, we looked at each other, we both said seven under. 
I was thinking somebody is going to, the way that golf is now, someone is going to go out there and just dominate the course because they're, and that's what happened. And DeChambeau, I, no one was talking about him really coming into it because he's had a bad last couple of weeks. But he did exactly what he wanted to do. He didn't care how high the rough was. He bombed it every every time. And then mm-hmm. he didn't care he was in four-and-a-half-inch rough. He just hacked it out and ran it up onto the green. So maybe that course suited him because there wasn't a lot of uh, bunkers guarding the front of greens. He could run it up out of the rough. He didn't have to fly it. And he was his distance control was I don't even know how you do that out of the rough. You know, he's hitting yep. seven iron and, and running it up and keeping it below the hole. And he, I, I would say he embarrassed that course. Six under. Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's, it's in the past, it's been a course that has suited um, creative people. And, uh, you know, I don't think Bryson would be described as a creative person. I think, he, you know, obviously he was the, he's the physics mind. He's the, he's the person who analyzes every little detail um but you know so i think that maybe you know you're gonna see more people in the game like him and and i think one thing that it allows him to do and also i think it could help a lot of people who who are able to you know break things down like that is one it allows them to slow down a little bit you know people have a tendency of getting ahead of themselves when they're playing well and and also it'll you know it allows trust like once you know you have you know, every little piece of the puzzle lined up, every, you have the line right where you want it. You have, uh, you know, you have your aim, right. Your alignment, all that. It, it allows you to make a free swing because you're confident in the physics and the, the, the math of what's supposed to happen. So, I mean, it obviously makes sense. What, uh, what he's doing. I don't think every it's, I don't obviously think everyone can do it, but one thing that didn't get really commented on yesterday was that Wolf was, out driving him sometimes <laughs> he was yeah and and it's just another another it shows you that's how the game is played now if you're not trying to absolutely smash the ball get as far up i mean basically the strategy for those guys was we don't care if we're not going to hit fairways we'd rather hit a seven iron out of the rough than a four iron from the fairway yeah so yeah. and that's totally opposite of how We've learned how to play golf. What would you have shot on that, that course this week? Um, I, I think I, it would have been a great day. It would have been breaking 90. I don't think there's any way I could. I mean, a lot of people are saying, you, you know, amateurs couldn't break 100 there. But, yeah, I think I, I, breaking 90 would have been a, a career day. That's a, you know, it's, it's hard to say. It, it's really hard, I guess, probably to grasp how difficult the greens are. Uh, we pro- we haven't probably played anything like it um besides yeah i mean it's but i would say um you would expect yourself most holes to be able to hit a wedge out of the rough and lay up to like 150 yards hit a nine iron into the greens if you did hit the rough you know so mm-hmm. you could there's there's ways around of avo- there's ways around avoiding a a uh, hundred but there's also right that and that that course is there's no there's no water you know, it's just rough. You're, you're, you're not going to lose a ball unless, well, somebody did lose a ball as Harris English lost the lost a ball in the first hole that kind of ruined his day right off the bat. He double bogeyed on one and he was only even par at the time. So, but that didn't happen. I think that was the only time it happened all week long, but that's something the pros aren't used to. So it's hard to know. Um, any, any players, I, what, what do you, 
Any players you're disappointed Yeah, not not coming up. Not really. I don't. I think all the people were there. I mean, I know like Rory kind of lingered into it. Um, I didn't mind the Patrick Reed story. You know, I I kind of golf needs storylines. Let's face it. And that was a great that was a great uh, third round. Reed kind of bombed it. I think he shot forty three on the back nine on Saturday. Uh, but no, I think every everyone basically performed. No one, no one just absolutely tanked it. Uh, Tiger obviously didn't make the cut, but this isn't a tournament that he's going to probably win ever again. The next two majors are both at Augusta, so that'll be those are probably the best chance of the rest of his career to get a major in the next two. But what do you think? I mean, do you think this is good for golf? What's happening? You mean with bombing the balls? Yeah. I mean, if th- if this course can't hold up. I don't think the course didn't hold up. Because it, it was only one person that broke par. I mean, let's not get ahead of ourselves. But here's is what this I think a lot of people don't what should be taught? Here's what I think a lot of people don't realize is, one, um, obviously, the, you know, obviously these guys spend, you know, six, six hours a day, eight hours a day practicing, um, especially the ones in the top 20. But – Another thing is they have all the equipment to optimize their smash factor, to optimize um, their attack angle. So they have all the equipment to get the extra 20, 30 yards out of their driver. If, if a guy, if a Joe Schmo like you and I went and actually, um, it's not just getting a typical club cutting. These guys are working with the best club fitters in the world. Uh, they're changing the degree of their driver. Uh, they're they're working with pros simultaneously to change their you know their shoulder and their shoulders and how they uh, come into the ball impact the ball so I I think that you know let's say you know when we're hitting it well we hit it 280 290 off the tee you know to to say we couldn't get another 10 20 yards with technology and working with a you know working with a pro and then swinging out of our boots uh, I just don't think it's unrealistic that a normal human a decent amateur can can get there. Now, it's to now the the ten plus handicaps. Uh, it's just a different world. So it's not even. It's like comparing apples and you're there. They may they'll never know what it's like to hit the ball like that. So uh, I don't think it's bad for the game at all. I think it's attainable, and they seem like they're superhuman, but they just pay attention to detail, man. At the end of the day, yeah. I'm not, I don't think it's bad either. Like, I, I don't know what you really do at a certain point. Like, are you going to grow the rough to a foot to like stop them? I mean, I don't think that's, it's just, it's, let's watch them see what they can do. The equipment maybe well, needs to be dialed back a little bit with the ball. I don't know, but and, at, well, at, it's not at a certain point. What was the winning score the year uh, Ogilvy won? Plus five. It was an 11 shot difference. Yeah. So, 11 shot difference from the winning score but you let's not forget that there's only one guy under par you know so yeah though though it's getting better is five is five shots in in 14 years is between the majority of the field the you know rory mcelroy there's no you know there's he's probably the best he has the best uh game in the world he was at plus six yesterday so yeah you know the, although the technology is, you know, coming around, I personally like it because 
we don't, you know, I can, if I break my driver, I can go out and get a driver that fits me right away. Right. You know, it's not like, I do think, yeah, this is the evolution of the game. So it doesn't really bother me. Let the game evolve. Let's see where it goes. Like what's the next step. It's kind of like the people who are upset in baseball that they're like running shifts, you know, they're putting four outfielders out there or they're, they're bringing in a fifth infielder or they're shifting over and like, we got to stop this. We got to do this. We got to do that. Let the game evolve naturally. It yeah. can be played a different way. And so we're seeing a different way and it's interesting. I don't well, know what the ratings were yesterday, but that's another thing. Why was this tournament played Thursday to Sunday and going up against NFL? Why didn't they just play Wednesday to Saturday? That would have been perfect. But that's just another thing. I don't know. No, no. <laughs> Get to finish on Sunday, man. Come on. Well, who cares? That's coronavirus year. Like, everything is different. I think that there was nothing on Saturday. No, there, no. There's only one tournament a year that finishes off of a Sunday, and I'll, I'll take that. But – to, to your point, though, about, you know, the, the shifts in baseball and the data analytics that go into it, like that is just, just we're progressing, you know, in our in our um, technologies. And and it's like, you know, hitters will find a way to it's kind of hitters are going to find a way to find the gaps, you know, in baseball. Mm -hmm. They're, they're going to adapt. They're going to adapt to the, the analytics of it. So uh, same in golf, man. They're they're changing the courses a little bit, making them. Uh, probably slightly tougher, but we don't need that every single week. I love seeing it for the U.S. Open. I like seeing it um, for, you know, sometimes the PGA Championship. But I don't think it's necessary to that they, they make every course that tough. You know, I, I it is cool yeah. to see these guys shoot 21 under, actually, and, and see the potential that humans have, you know, to to play the best golf they can. Yeah, and one thing one thing I don't really like is when guys are rooting for the ball to go in the bunker as opposed to the rough. I mean, the bunker is supposed to be the more penalizing spot than the rough. So maybe like <laughs> raising the lips or something, some stuff like this, stuff like that. It's like, you know, these bunkers are put in spots so that you don't want to be there. And these guys are rooting for their ball to go in the bunker. But that's what's, but that's what's cool about other championships, you know. If, if, I mean, look, if you want to try to hit the bunker, it's that's pretty difficult to do you know but it, it's easier to hit the fairway but that's what's cool about the difference in in championships that when you play the open you you have bunkers in the middle of fairway that you have to pitch out to the right you know it's that you know and that's what you get from a golf course that that's played a link style but so you know i just think honestly i i don't think the the usg uh usga has got it wrong this year on a championship so so far um, yeah. We'll see what the Masters look like in, in the fall, but we know that that's going to be amazing too. But And that uh, just how, makes you appreciate you – you know, Oh, sorry. Sorry. Tiger relies so much on memories too for these championships. Now, do you think it's going to be hard for him to get into the Masters mindset this this November? Oh, no. I think he's – they got like a charity event tomorrow, and he's already basically said like it's on from there. And he – you know – it does make you appreciate kind of going back to the course talk, like how amazing Augusta is that you, we don't have those conversations about Augusta and they're not shooting 30 under there. It, it mm. challenges these guys. They don't have deep rough. I don't even think they have rough at all. They call it a second cut and it's barely even rough. So, you know, what a great, I'm looking forward to fall masters and spring masters. And did you see, did you see Tiger? Sure. The one that they're, they're going to be playing tomorrow. Yeah, it looks uh, phenomenal. Charity. 
Oh yeah, Dude, he's it looks like a painter racking up the. Yeah, so I mean, I haven't looked too much into the choir. I just saw the commercial, but yeah, it's the it's, the it's year kind of, of the year of sports goes on. This is going to be awesome. I I do wish now experiencing Masters, I mean uh, U.S. Open and football at the same time. Just don't have them on the same day. I know they're going to have Masters Sunday. Um, I hope they move every game to eight o'clock that day so we can watch a Masters and not have to worry about football. <laughs> uh, sometimes you got to prioritize in life a little bit. <laughs> it's tough. It's tough. Uh, just a few things to wrap up here. Um, in case you didn't know, you probably don't know, but the Red Sox beat the Yankees yesterday, and that was their first win against the Yankees all year long. So that's <laughs> this is notable. We'll get, to, get some love what for they the put Sox. Up 10, what they put up 10 runs? Yeah, and then did you see the guy, like, got in the ballpark and is yelling on top of the green monster, like, you know, weird conspiracy theory stuff. And you can hear him clear as day because there's no one in the ballpark. <laughs> yeah, that's something you, uh, you got to go. You got to go look at that video if you haven't seen it yet. Um, all right. So we got Celtics to get to. Celtics yeah. are a few minutes. Um, up right. and down. They're, it's 2-1 right now. We got a few minutes to talk about the Celtics. Yeah, some things I didn't like about last game. Even is it uh, you and you and this was uh, this was the same for the two games before it. When the Celtics slowed the ball down, they go back to looking like Celtics with Kyrie. So Celtics go up twenty. You know they go up they go up seventeen. They go up twenty first game, and they slow the ball down to try to control the clock. But they've proven that when they play isolation basketball, when they slow the ball down, they they are they be, they everyone start stops on the court besides the guy who's dribbling. So they and they've I mean the Heat are not a team that you can let up. You you gotta I think you they gotta play hard. They have to pass pass. They have to look like the Spurs. You know every time they go down the floor, um, it is so frustrating watching the every the ball stop and everybody else stop when um when that happens so i don't know man i i was i didn't want to talk about the celtics two uh, two games ago because i was infuriated and i would have I, my blood pressure was going through the roof um those were two disgusting losses i i put blame on everyone i put blame on tatum kemba the only player though that i think has proven that he's ready for the moment is jay uh jalen brown man he he has that uh, killer instinct where he can uh where when he when he's in the mindset he's going to take it to the rack and and i don't know you know he's either going to get a foul call or he's going to dish out and somebody's gonna be open for three but what do you what do you think of the first uh, few games anyway i mean they it's been the same pattern each game they get out to a big lead they found a way to blow it in, in games one and two they almost did in in game three they wanted uh, to blow it they wanted to. I, everyone's love in love with Jimmy Butler and the Heat, but I mean, if you're watching these games, the Celtics are clearly the better team. So, I, whatever discussions they had in the locker room after Game Two, uh, I tend to think that was blown out of proportion a little bit. I think any team that wants to win, that loses a game they should have won, they're going to be mad at each other. So that's that's normal. They came out, yeah. they got they got the job done in, in Game Three. I I definitely think. They're, this is their series to, to win. I want to see 
LA versus Boston. I want to see LeBron. I want to see these young kids beat LeBron finally. Uh, that yeah. would be that'd be epic. But they, this is going to be a battle. This series, they they can't they got they have to win Game Four. It's a must win. Well, you know, it's I for we we've, we've fallen in love with the pieces of the Celtics for the last you know three four years, and I think Danny Ainge has too, and 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 everyone in Boston, you know, they. We feel like, man, we have the pieces to get it done. Now, the issue is, I think some of that goes, you know, some of that talk goes to Jason Tatum's head or, you know, it's, it's Jason Tatum, he has the potential still to be a star, but he's not there yet, man. He doesn't, he, he doesn't have that, uh, the ability to, you know, he can get to the rack when he, and, and he looks smooth when he does, but if he had J- Jalen Brown's mentality, just, you know, just go out there. And there's something in basketball. When you're thinking in basketball, it's not like golf. When you're thinking in basketball, you're not free and you're not going to play You're not gonna play your best basketball. J- Jason Tatum seems like he's still in a box of thinking, oh, how, what should I do here? What, you know, how am I going to create my shot? And, and I think over his career, he's going to get, you know, he's going to get freer and freer. But also Kemba, you know, he doesn't really have playoff experience. He, you know, he was on. This a isn't the Big East tournament, you know. Exactly. He's he's been on a crappy team for years, so I think he'll find his bearings of dealing with the moment, uh, and he already has. You know, he's already played two great games in a row. Um, but I think the Celtics are a team that need to play like the Spurs, and they need to have ball movement, um, and because all five guys have the potential to uh, to do damage on offense. And then they also – nobody plays harder than them besides the Heat uh, on the defensive end. So, clearly a better team. I think what the, – the thing that Heat have going for them is, like, they're, they've got the – they're the chip on their shoulder team. You know, Jimmy Butler just he, – he's the guy that plays the chip on his shoulder. They got the ex-Celtics and Jay Crowder, Kelly Olynyk. These guys are playing out of their minds. Like, and then – oh, God, what's his name? The, the three-point shooter there. They, Robinson they, they just, or- yeah, Duncan Robinson. Yeah, and both of them. But yeah. I, they're, they're clearly overachieving. I'm not trying to diminish their accomplishments, but this is the Celtics' year. Things Three. are set up perfectly. Things are set up perfectly for them. No Giannis, no Sixers. Uh, they've fallen apart. Uh, the Raptors, they took care of them. So this is it. it if this team doesn't get to the finals, it's, it's a failure. It's a step backwards in the – you know, the, the Brad Stevens error. They need to get it done. I think they will. Game three, there's like a like five-day gap between games three and four. I'm not crazy about that, but I'm sure on our, our next show, we'll, we'll hopefully have some good things to talk about with that. Yeah, I, uh, just real, real quick. I think, um, I think the Heat are the Celtics th- three years ago when before pre-Kyrie. With, with Jay Crowder and Kelly Olenek. <laughs> Exactly. They have that, and they play with that chip on their shoulder. And if they're they're outsized, the Heat are actually for the Celtics for once actually are outsizing a team. I feel like, and and they uh, when they're shooting the three ball at fifty percent, you know they're going to win games, and they take a lot of threes like the Celtics do. But I think you know there's so much to to you know to bring that data analytics over to basketball. There's so much emphasis now on the three ball. Um, but when you're actually in a game 
every everyone knows that driving to the hole and getting points in the paint opens up the three ball you know so yes the three is statistically um you know probably your best chance of winning games is when you're knocking down threes but all, all that comes in a flow and and when the celtics try to force threes uh they look so out of rhythm it it slows the game you know they they come down they hook up shots but just only taking two seconds off the clock so I th again i think they need to not waste the clock by playing isolation basketball but waste the clock with passes and getting points in the paint to start all right man well yeah that's gonna wrap it up for today uh we'll have a we'll try to have another show later this week a a, a recap of of celtics games four and five and and a preview of the Las Vegas Raiders and Patriots. Yeah, we'll go back and listen. But I, I think this week was a, a little better than last week. I mean, we're not we're not studs by any imagination, but um, yeah. I mean, what if for those if anybody listens to this uh, second podcast, <laughs> give us your feedback. Yeah, give us your feedback. Um, where can they listen to us? Uh, subscribe on uh, iTunes. It's probably how you found this right here. I think we're trying to get on to uh, Spotify and you mean Android Apple Podcasts? And, yeah, Apple Podcasts. Uh, yeah. Follow us on Twitter at at uh, Mainly Football. Search us, find us. Our handle is at Main underscore Football. So you'll get yeah. our blog and our takes and and Ben. Why and, should uh, people listen to us? Well, we're the you know. We are, we are from a special generation, you know, at least for myself, I'm, I'm 32. I have watched the Patriots before Tom Brady. We have that, that uh, we can look at this team objectively from a, you know, we didn't start following them in the middle of the dynasty, like every probably annoying Patriots fan that you see on Twitter. Um, but we're going to give you this advanced water cooler talk, as I call it, uh, you know, use these points and with your friends and talk about it. And we just talk about the Patriots and Boston sports, how, how you probably talk about it. So that's right. why well, I think you should listen to us. Well, I think that pretty much sums it all up. Mm -hmm. So give us a listen, give, leave a review, uh, tell us what we're doing, you know, what you want to see us doing better and we'll take it to heart. You know, we have the, uh, we have the time to get better and, and to, uh, put out better content each week. So uh, leave your reviews. All right. All right. Peace. See you later. Peace out.